0: Hi, and welcome to The NateCast, Episode 2. The NateCast is a personal project for me to share and highlight some of the interesting and curious people and things my family and I are finding as we travel throughout Europe. A bit about me. I'm Nate. I have a wife and six kids, and I've been in the service and safety side of the tech industry for the past 12 years. I'm a restlessly curious creative who finds joy in story and culture. There's a lot of podcasts and other things for you to consume out there, so thanks for listening. I'll do my best to make this podcast as meaningful as possible. Welcome. So we arrived in Holland a few weeks ago. We love it here for so many reasons, including waffles. Then like the little waffle things. Stroopwaffle. <laughs> Stroopwafel. Stroopwaffle. Stroopwaffle. Something like that. One thing that's really stood out to me is how much pride the Dutch seem to take in design. I spent a bunch of time in San Francisco, and while I love it, eventually you get a little tired of hearing innovation directly tied to valuations and who's working for what startup now. Here, I get a sense that innovation happens for the love of innovation. The result is a greater sense of pride in what has been created. I don't know if it's related, but there's also this incredible culture of bikes and some amazing bike parkades.
1: Just the plain removal of these big, man-made, huge, gas-guzzling, noisy machines versus all of the bikes. Right. The streets are much more peaceful, and it's not because there's no activity.
0: That's my wife, Crystal, talking about her love of seeing people pedaling through the towns rather than driving. She's the best kind of tree hugger imaginable. It's an interesting environment and culture to be in as I'm working on building out my own company, the Ink and Feather Collective. That's where the idea of creating a podcast first formed. I wanted to highlight what good support looks like. As I started interviewing for that, I rediscovered a love for audio broadcasting and began capturing various pieces of what we were experiencing with this inexpensive little audio recorder called a Zoom H1. One recent conversation I captured was between my wife and I. Oh, well, here they are. This is, this is our kids coming. For anybody also listening, let it be known that we love having six kids, but right now our two youngest have just come into the room... On those stairs, you guys. It's not often we get a long period of uninterrupted time to speak, so this was kind of special and noteworthy in and of itself. After that interruption, we were able to chat for a whole hour. We talked about a lot of things, and I captured it all, but I think the most noteworthy part of the conversation steps around our discussion on how I'm thinking about the formation of Ink and Feather Collective. The company isn't even officially launched yet, and I'm already pivoting, I have so many ideas and so many places I'd like to take the company, but trying to decide where to start proved more challenging than I would have thought. Okay, let's, let's talk about my values. All right.
1: I was smiling.
0: You were. <laughs> you smiled the whole time. <laughs> What are yours? I don't
1: know. You've done those lots. I know. Have they really changed since, you know, a week and a half ago when you kind of went live with your launch? (laughs) Or a month and a half ago? Kind of. How come?
0: Because I think originally I was trying to build too quickly a business. And what I mean by that is I immediately launched into, hey, look, I've got this community and I've got these businesses, now I'm going to connect them together. Mm -hmm. And the reality is... There's other um, professions, uh, it, like if I was if I was a designer and I said, hey, I'm, I'm looking for designers to join my community, I think this would have been a lot easier, or if I had been a, a developer or a programmer,
1: yeah.
0: I think that I, w- I could have gotten a lot of people kind of like, yeah, okay, that makes sense, I'd join a community.
1: Yeah.
0: And I don't know if it's because when people are in the customer service industry, if they've kind of bought into the lie that they're in a non-profession. Yeah. And so they don't see themselves as professionals? Although it's
1: been much different in Europe than in North America, in many regards, especially in the Netherlands here.
0: It's true, yeah. I mean, Joshua... There's more
1: of an entrepreneurship and a desire to join and be part of the company, not just take a paycheck from a company.
0: Right, but I'm not sure, I still wonder if that's true for customer service, though. I mean, Joshua is Mm. in customer service. Sorry, one quick interruption. Joshua is a friend I made while we were in Eindhoven. He's a barista in an amazing specialty coffee shop called Lucifer Coffee. I interviewed him for the Service Please podcast as I was immediately impressed with his presence while slinging coffee. We'll hear some of that interview in the next episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, he would see himself as kind of a coffee master, right? Like,
1: mm-hmm. so he's selling his expertise to this particular coffee shop. Mm-hmm. That's right.
0: Now I think that he would, it wouldn't take much to, to convince him that, um, he's also a customer service profession. I just, I just don't think people identify mm. themselves as that, right? Like, I, I just think that's not, if people see a customer Is that a service, bad thing, though? no, but it makes what I'm doing harder. <laughs> sure. I, 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 think I just that think that that's
1: kind of the beauty of that view, particularly in what we've seen in lots of Europe as opposed to in North America where you're seen as a lower-class citizen if you're in the service industry, which isn't true, but you're seen as uneducated. You're seen as you're not valued well, that's interesting. as you should.
0: I don't know if this is what you're saying, but... it, it... It kind of sounds like what you may be saying is maybe in North America, you're just a customer service person, whereas here there's a mixture. So again, if I use Joshua, Joshua is a, he's a barista, right? He's a, he's, mm-hmm. a, he's a coffee expert. He is a coffee professional, mm-hmm. and his posture is that he will serve his customers really well. So I wonder if people here actually would really consider themselves in the service industry, or if they would consider themselves in the restaurant industry. They would consider, like...
1: I mean, even you look at in France, any of the best servers, they're actually trained. So you go and you treat them like a little minion. They're not going to respond well to you. Hmm. And that's why there's been so many posts of people from North America writing about how non-customer service-friendly France is. Is because people in France want respect. There's lots (laughs) of people. who You would go to a coffee shop, you would barely make eye contact with them. Yeah. Maybe you would say your manners, you demand what you want, there's no relationship really built. There's no value of the person on the other side of the counter. When you go into a clothing store, you avoid, most people at least, avoid the workers there
0: but do we yeah I wonder though do we avoid it because we don't think they're going to be helpful I mean if we if we knew if for example if if I knew that going into a gap that the person who comes to me and says hey can I help you with anything could actually help me like I think back to that one time that I went down to San Francisco Mm -hmm. and I was speaking at a conference and I went into a J crew
1: yes that was a really good experience for you and you actually came back with amazing clothes
0: (laughs) I did didn't I (laughs) like it was it was the best
1: outfit you have ever owned in your whole entire life yeah
0: she she said she
1: she had sold you more clothes because well I've had to put up with your own choosings for a few years now and it's not quite as stellar as her choosings for you what
0: if I chose those clothes
1: I know yeah you didn't (laughs) what you've been wearing for the past two years no,
0: But you know what's funny is since I've had that experience, mm. I've gone into other stores like The Gap or mm-hmm. RW or wherever else.
1: And it hasn't been the same.
0: And I keep on, like I, I, I often now because of that experience ask people, you know, whether it's the guy or the girl working to say like, hey, how does this outfit look? And they're like, yeah, it looks so good on you. And I'm like, I don't think my wife would agree.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and it's not the litmus test of whether or not you agree or I, And
1: they're probably just trying to be nice. They're not actually... Yeah. Which isn't really good customer service, just trying to be nice. No,
0: I would rather them mm-hmm. say, you know what, that is the worst looking pair of jeans I've ever seen on somebody. Yeah. That would actually get me more excited. I don't know how we kind of got to the hair we were talking <laughs> <laughs> were And we then talking if about? they went
1: and found you, a new pair of jeans, this cut is better for you. Let's try this cut for your body shape.
0: Yeah, yeah that's right.
1: From a customer service perspective, if you had more friendly sure. but people who had a sense of style actually working in these stores Right, yeah So let me, let me help
0: compliment your body instead of trying to make you feel bad because your body doesn't look like it should to fit into our clothes
1: It doesn't fit into these clothes that we make that are typically two sizes too small for what they're labeled Yeah mm-hmm.
0: Okay, yeah. so somehow we were talking about values and we got to talking about what not to wear Oh, because we, oh, we were talking about whether or not people identify themselves as customer service people, because mm-hmm. I've been trying In to build up my community, and this all comes back to my stated values that I would have had two weeks ago are different, mm-hmm. because I was trying to build a business. Hey, look, full circle, that was good, actually.
1: Okay.
0: Um, but the point is, I realized that I was kind of going about something the wrong way.
1: Yeah.
0: I was I was getting too, too quick to try to figure out how to make money off of it, and I need to focus on...
1: Well you weren't actually trying to make money off of it. There was
0: no I was trying to connect people. You're right. I was trying to get people to be able to make money off of it. Yeah.
1: You were gonna do something else to actually try to make money. It was just more of a building a community and a pool.
0: Right. But I think I need to focus on the building of the community for the sake of the community as opposed to the building of the community of freelancers. For for banking. For the pool of the the business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so I guess that's the pivot. I'm already pivoting. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Cory accuses me of, of pivoting too often. I'm a really quick pivoter. You are? <laughs> you may agree with Corey. <laughs> Nobody can see what you're doing right now. <laughs> I'm nodding my head in a direction. <laughs> it looks affirmative. <laughs> okay, so here we are. We're pivoting a little bit. We're recognizing that A the podcast that I'm working on, the Service Please Podcast, not this podcast, the Service Please Podcast is a really important it's a really important piece because it it it's it's trying to hey, we're trying to create a tribe, right? Like mm-hmm. we're trying to find people that maybe they don't know because whenever I go into LinkedIn and I look for customer service groups, mm-hmm. it's mostly professionals that are, are talking about things really academically, which is, is great, right? There's an important yeah. piece of talking academically. There
1: are some people who really like to do that and need that to actually grow their minds.
0: Right, and they're they're talking totally about scaling than... businesses and, mm-hmm. and all of the metrics that are important. And this isn't quite that. It's not to say that we can't do that. It's not to say that we won't also talk about that. But this is a little bit more raw, mm-hmm. right? This is a little bit more, look... This is humans, groups of humans, groups of humans that have a business and groups of humans that are, are buying into that business or buying products from that business. Mm-hmm. How should the humans interact with each other? What's the right way for them to interact with each other that's going to benefit the, the, the group of humans that are running a business as much as it's benefiting the people that are buying those products? Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's, that's really some, maybe one of our values is that all humans are equal. Is that weird?
1: Reading through the one Dutch magazine that the folks out at the camp pass along to me about, you know, integrating into Dutch culture, one of the big things that was actually on the very first pages, they said, whenever you first come to the Netherlands, one thing that you are going to notice is that it is a self-service country, meaning that if you are used to being served in other places, don't expect that here people are all viewed on the same playing ground and it's a self-service country. So if you're used to always going in and getting your bike tuned up, getting served hand and foot, it's you're going to have to learn how to do it yourself. And I think several things have changed. First off, mm. that book that I read was written 10 years ago, so I kind of picked it apart with them, but there are many things that still stand with people are... Viewed on an equal playing field.
0: Hmm. So you know, maybe all my value people should, are valued. Maybe my value should be more, be more Dutch.
1: Be more Dutch.
0: You know. <laughs> it's great though. I, mean, well, I think that's beautiful. People matter. People, people matter. matter. So maybe it's all all humans are equal. Maybe that's too lame, but people matter. I think another value, and we've talked about this one, uh, is bring value.
1: Bring value. Yes.
0: Like. I, I'm kind of getting nauseous with all of the content that I'm absorbing because I'm absorbing just a ridiculous amount of content There's right so now. so
1: much, yeah. But I understand people publishing content or creating content for their own sake. Do you know what I mean? To help kind of form their thoughts into narrations that are more cohesive.
0: People, people matter, bring value, fearlessly serve.
1: I hmm. I think you need to really tackle that serve word.
0: Yeah. I think so. I think the reason I like both of those is, and the reason I like using fearless as opposed to innovate is because fearless is I'm not afraid to go back and do something the way that it was done 200 years ago, nor am I scared to try something completely new. Whereas mm-hmm. innovate is, well, look, why would I okay, do something that's been done already? Fearlessly? Fearlessly serve.
1: Hmm. So as a business, you're serving your customers. Well, yeah, I mean mm-hmm.
0: I think that what Ink and Feather is is it's it's whatever that community turns into, whether it's a community that just promotes these values within itself mm-hmm. and we provide resources and or or whether we actually take on support for companies.
1: Mm-hmm. What about the training materials? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So whenever I'm thinking about training materials, the core of the training materials are going to be that that people matter, yeah. bring value, and fearlessly serve.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that, that make makes sense? sense? Yeah.
0: We may change this, but... I'm going to stop recording now. There's a lot of content that we talked about. Yeah. But we're going to continue to talk about some other stuff.
1: Sure.
0: Family values. Are we doing that now? I don't know. I think we could probably get back to our...
1: We know our family values. They haven't really changed. And being...
0: Can get back to our reverse
1: engineering?
0: Now? Recording? No, we we'll recording. The Ink and Feather Collective, an already pivoted idea that seems to be getting closer to being exactly what it's supposed to be. If you listen to this and you're interested in finding out more, you can visit inkandfeathercollective.com. If you want to join the community, we'd love to have you. So today, Gracie and I were working from The Hague together. I was so excited to show her the old part of The Hague, but she kept on asking to go to the new part. I laughed as realization dawned on me. As a kid growing up in Canada, castles and old towns were the things of stories, not our normal. I didn't see an actual castle until I was in my late 20s. Our kids are growing up in Europe. While we were in Ireland, we would stumble upon castles as often as one sees a Starbucks in Canada. I still get a rush of excitement when I see something older than 300 years. Gracie, she gets excited seeing a modern city. This traveling is great, but what Crystal and I are experiencing is completely different from the experience our kids are having. I remember this one moment in Portugal, in an ancient town of Obidos. We found some monkey bars just outside the city wall. I have a picture of my boys hanging upside down off the monkey bars in the forefront in an ancient city built by the early Celtish tribes and Moors sometimes before 750 A.D. The picture makes me laugh every time I see it. One day when we're back in North America, our kids will be telling other people about their childhood. They'll begin to realize that thousand-year-old cities are not the common playground for most children. Right, so this is episode 2. I received some feedback from episode 1 that the background music was a little hot. That I spoke a little too fast. My wife noted that while she loved it, she thought I sounded a little sad in parts. I love getting this feedback, so please send it my way. You can always tweet at me at Nate Sawatzky. that's N-A-T-E-S-A-W-A-T-Z-K-Y, Or find me on Instagram, at Nate Sawatsky, same thing. If you like what you're hearing, would you be so kind as to rate the podcast? Maybe even leave me a note there to say hi. Also, I've just launched a Patreon page. In an older time, patrons were people who would give money, resources, and influence maybe to artists who would represent their patron both locally and abroad. It was a way for art to be funded, sometimes with good intentions and other times out of selfish ambition. Patreon builds on that idea by allowing people, everyday people, to help sponsor the creation of things like books, movies, music, and podcasts. If you want to check it out, you can view my profile at patreon.com forward slash Nate Sawatsky. Okay, that's it. That's episode two. Waddle on. We'll talk about that in an upcoming episode. Peace.